To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 19. Your boys, Ramon, Carlos, and Rob, we're back. How you fellas feeling tonight, man? Man, I, I gotta say, man, I'm feeling good. You're coming We always do We'll start off With the scope Of the NFL I think uh, Coming up on week 8 I think Super Bowl favorites Are becoming crystal clear So who are y'all Super Bowl favorite Right now Same here, man. That's how I feel about your Rams. team that's being talked about and it's not gonna be your rounds lost i'm about to talk about the chiefs i uh the chiefs are just extremely impressive to me at this point um of course they've lost one game dropped that one game in foxborough to the new england patriots that was an epic game we talked about that last week so i won't you know go over that too much more but just seeing that dominant effort of the cincinnati Bengals this past week you know a Bengals team that was looking like they may have been Kind of turn it around this season, starting off four and two, seeming like they were going to be a solid team, and to just go and just get dominated by the Chiefs with that forty-five to ten win that the Chiefs had um, was just really impressive. And the thing about it, I mean, the offense is just unreal for the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Patrick Mahomes is playing at an epic, a record pace. Um, but you look at the weapons that he has around him, and you look at the way that. You know, Travis Kelsey is going. Sammy Watkins had it going this past week. Tyreek Hill is still being Tyreek Hill. Lights out. <laughs> like, lights out. But then you look at the fact that Kareem Hunt, the way he's producing. But now you also got Spencer Ware in that backfield. So it's like just so many offensive weapons. And then the thing about it this past week was the defense actually looked good. The defense actually looked pretty elite. The defense actually got pressure on Andy Dalton this week. You look at that, um, showing that they had holding them to 10 points. Um, 
I don't know. The Chiefs are rolling to me. So if I had to pick one right now, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs for me. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to flip-flop. Uh, I look at the Rams as a very solid NFC team, but the Saints fan in me can't allow it. I'm going to go with Los. I do feel like the Saints is in a position to to really um, to position themselves, you know, even when we, which is a good transition into the Eli Apple trade. We'll discuss that in a second. But I think that the Eli Apple trade, along with the trade to trade up in the initiate draft to go and get Davenport, you remember I told you guys in the group me, I was like, look, we're putting all the, all the marbles in. Like, we really about to, you putting all the chips in. We're really trying to win this this year. We're trying to win now, especially giving up all these picks that we're giving up. But, you know, when you look at the Saints as a scope, you know, I mean, pretty much the defense can make stops when they need to. The offense, as far as the offense, it's always been there. Even when we've been trash, our offense is still there. So, I mean, then you got Drew Brees, which is a seasoned vet. So, I mean, you can't really count them out, man. I think that they're tough. You know, nobody's talking about it too much. But, I mean, we won. We ripped off six wins in a row. So, I mean, I think that it's time. Five wins you in a row. You're trying to predict Thanks, this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We're going to win this week, too. But, you know, just, a, you know, lightning and thunder. You know, Kamara and, and Mark Ingram. You know, then Michael Thomas. You know, he had sticky fingers. Like, it's just hard to... I'm gonna need Madden to upgrade. This is a sidebar. I'm gonna need Madden to upgrade Michael Thomas's catching traffic. Like every time he catches the ball on Madden and he gets hit, he drops it. Lowe's, you notice that? Nah, so it seemed like good hits on the other. Side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. He's just saying that because I mostly play him online. No, like he, like I've seen him like in the last couple of games. He he's caught the ball over the middle and got hit, and he still holds on to the ball like. He had strong hands, but that's neither here nor there. But the Saints, you know, I, I really do think that, you know, not, not because they're my team, but I do think that they're a team that's on flames right now. So, and uh, I can't wait till November 4th happens and my Rams, I mean, my Saints meet up with Carlos' Rams. Nah. <laughs> my Saints meet up with Carlos' Rams. That should be a good game. I think this weekend gonna be interesting though. Y'all got the the big awaited matchup right with the Minnesota Vikings. Oh yeah, y'all see them that we gonna tear them up. We gotta tear them up. <laughs> but what they did to us in the playoffs, and now they beat us in the playoffs like that, but then go to Philadelphia and act like they can't even play. Yeah, they got they got to see us about that, man. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to that matchup, man. It's it's like you said, you have the playoffs last year where you have heartbreak. You know, I was literally. You know, I was with a bunch of Saints fans. I was back home during that time, you know, and, you know, and I was sitting there, you go from being excited, you know, them being, the Saints being up, you know, with a little time left. Literally, it's going to take a miracle for the Vikings to win. So, you know, I snapped, you know, all the Saints fans dancing, jigging, you know, <laughs> crib walking, all that type of stuff. <laughs> so, then my next snap was the Saints Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me. You know, I'm not the biggest Eli Apple fan. Me and Rob was talking about that a little bit in the group. 
message I think he's going to get picked on a little bit. And I think, you know, we're going to really see. I think he has a talent. I just think that he's just going to get picked on with Marshawn Lattimore on the other side. And I think I think he's going to get torched. Yeah. I mean, then some say Marshawn Lattimore is in his sophomore slump. Uh, I don't think he's been as, as special as he's been last year. But, I mean, I, th- I do think he's pretty a uh, serviceable, serviceable corner. I think that he, you know, a sophomore slump is, is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a real thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that he's in there. But Eli Apple, you know, the trade for Eli Apple, uh, the Saints traded for him. If you're living under a rock, yeah. <laughs> the, the Saints traded for Eli Apple, gave up a couple of draft picks and got him. Uh, I guess I'll start off. With my outlook on the, I like the trade, you know, not to be biased, but I do like the trade for the Saints because anything's better than Ken Crowley. No offense to Ken, but I mean, when Ken is good, no, he's, all the smoke to Ken because he's a trade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when Ken is good, he's good. He'll make a play here that will. When he is bad, he is horrible, horrible, horribly bad. If he not. You know, if it's not a pass interference, if it's not a hold, if it's not just getting mossed yeah. the nastiest way possible, if it's not blown coverage. Goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, to have Eli Apple, a former first-round pick by the Giants, to be on that other side, to take a little pressure off Marshawn, we got Marcus Williams, which is a stellar safety back there. I think Eli, you know, Eli will be a little bit more motivated. And, and what we, ha- we can't discount is the change of scenery effect mm-hmm. as well. Eli Apple, you know, out of Ohio State was one of the best corners to come out of, of college that year. And, uh, you know, I think that a change of scenery, change of system, he's actually playing for something now. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that that, I think that'll make a difference. I think we, we'll see a different Eli Apple than, you know, than we've seen in New York. Y'all just loading y'all team with Ohio State players, bro. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. It's crazy. I got to do my research, man. It's something. Yeah, it's something it's, to it's that, man. It's crazy, but like I fall kind of really in the middle of y'all too on the whole Eli Apple thing. Like I don't think that he's just trash, kind of how yeah. Lowe's think he's he not Ken Crowley. But I don't think that he's like elite or like great. Yeah. I think he's gonna be. Nice and serviceable. I think he is a good number two corner. Yeah. Which is the role that he's going to play there. Um, now, of course, I did want y'all to get Patrick Peterson. Yeah. You know, although Saints are my primary team, Saints have always been my secondary team. My whole family are Saints fans. And so I've grown up watching them. So I do want good things to happen for the hometown team. So I would have loved for Patrick Peterson LSU to come and come to New Orleans and play for the Saints like that would have been crazy um didn't work out quite that way but I think that Eli Apple I mean the thing about it he's an upgrade so the only thing is he's going to help you yeah definitely he's going to help you and like you said for the Saints you already seen it saw it from draft day from every type of move that they've been making the Saints have all their chips in they going for it Mm-hmm. This is the year to get it. This year or maybe even next year, they are going for it right now. Yeah. So when you have that mentality, you got to do the best the best that you can to stack your team for that run. So Yeah. I think the deal is good. Yeah. Yeah, Los, you, you can come in at any point, my brother. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm right with you guys. And I think I, I, I just don't, I don't believe in Eli. I made that clear. You know, but again, I, you know, listening to Ramon, I think he can be serviceable. But again, I think there's going to be games where you're going to get frustrated with him um, going forward. I think you're going to get frustrated with him because, again, he's young. You know, and I remember the stories coming out about him, uh, you know, when he came in the draft that, like, he was almost like a mama's boy still. A grown man like a mama's boy when he was coming out in the draft. Yeah, I love like my mama mother. too, man. I love my mama too. Don't get me wrong, boy. But I'm talking about like him being dropped off by his mama and everything. You know, the practice and stuff like stuff like that. You know, where his mama was into a lot of stuff for him. You know, that's no knock on him, but it just kind of like shows like maybe his maturity's not there. That he depends on his mom's too much, or you know, what I'm saying it's like you know you you're making enough money to drive yourself and do your own thing, and you know. So, I mean, I just, I, I'm really interested to see how he messaged y'all, those two Ohio State boys on the outside. You know, I, I hope he does well, but I, honestly, I think he's going to get torched. I think, I think Kirk. Come on, man. Come on. Kirk's going to have a field day. 
Oh, come on, man. Come on, bro. I mean, if he do get torched, I mean, I think that this is a bad gauger. Yeah. Because, I mean, he is going against some of the best receivers in the in the game when it comes down to Adam Thielen and, and, and Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs. They, you know, I, I mean, if he get torched, I mean, he, I mean, okay, he's gotten torched just like eight other corners that they faced this year. So, I mean. Right, right. and I got you, and I, I believe, I, I, I agree with that. This is a bad gauge, but I think going forward, I think, I think to give him about four games to see. Anything was better than, than, than King Crowley, though. Yeah, he should be motivated. So, I think Marcus Williams, you know, this is going to be a game I think he's going to be amped up for. Because, you know, uh, we were talking about this today at my my job, you know, and it's just sometimes you have to fail, you know what I'm saying? You have to fail. You have to learn that because those are the type of things that build character, the type of stuff that shapes you, you know what I'm saying? The stuff that, you know, that failure last year I think is going to forever shape him as a player, you know, and that's going to always be talked about in him and his career moving forward. What he did after that, you know, and that can motivate him in workouts, off-season workouts, and all that type of stuff, you know, training for the season, you know, and you see him play, you know, you know, better, you know, and he wasn't even a bad player last year. You see him step his game up even more. So, you know, sometimes we have to fail in order to see the end process. You know, sometimes the failure is just the process of being successful. You know what I'm saying? So I'm interested to see how he do with, you know, getting this kind of like a second chance. You know, the stage isn't as, isn't as big. It's not a playoff game. But I'm interested to see, you know, what type of game he comes up. Does he get a turnover? Does he lead the team to tackles? You know, is he making impact plays this game? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's a redemption chance for him. So, yeah, we, it, it, that'll be fun to, fun to see. So that's Sunday night. That's Sunday night yeah. football NBC. Prime so. time. Man, I'm going to be watching that thing. You know, I already know. Don't call Fantasy me. <laughs> Don't you call me. <laughs> Fantasy notes, slight fantasy notes on that game. You know, you got, so first game, you know, Ingram was back. He dominated touches, you know. And going forward, you know, with the Ingram and Kamara pairing, you know, it's it's going to be frustrating. I think it's going to be frustrating for that fans because you've seen this game, the last previous game, Kamara pretty much dominated the fantasy points, you know, and Mark Ingram kind of took a step back. And I think that's going to be based on game script with them um, going forward, you know. So if if the Saints is, you know, blowing out a team like they did the Redskins two weeks ago, you know, they're going to pound, you know, pound the ball, run the ball, you know, and uh, run the clock out like they did, you know. And that's why you see Mark Ingram get more touches, you know, and Kamara kind of took a step back. When they're in games, you know, and that's why Kamara is the more valuable asset team but they're in games or they're down you know which is more likely to happen you know uh, hey, <laughs> hey 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 you know no I'm not saying that they're in games you know that's more a better percentage than them always being up all the time you'll see Kamara dominate the touches you know and that's why Kamara's more valuable and so that's why Kamara last last week you know kind of you know dominated the fantasy points between the two Okay, 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 okay. Good insight, man. Good insight. So, who y'all liking? So, who 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 are y'all liking as as we transition to our fantasy talk? Uh, do you feel like there's been some key injuries? Um, I guess we'll start with Dalvin Cook. It came out that he's gonna be out till week eleven. So I mean that means that Latavius Murray will probably be a great asset to have going forward. Uh, Dalvin's been disappointing. That was your breakout per, uh, fantasy player prediction. You want to talk about her, man? That wasn't my breakout. That player. was. You did say it was, that. It was. You did. You said Dalvin Cook was going to be, um, you, you expect him to have a great year. A sleeper. Yeah, you call him a sleeper. Okay, maybe I didn't forgot about it. Maybe I'm sleeping on him now because I definitely don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, bring go. back the tapes. One of our great, great, great listeners pulled back, you know, tweet us the episode where Ramon said that, I think it was the uh, Opinionated Fantasy episode, you said Dalvin was, was going to have a breakout year and you liked him as a sleeper. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, running, yeah, no, that was. Oh, not the tape. Not the tape. <laughs> I'm like, 
Yeah, no, because now that I think about it, I remember looking at his stats over the like four games that he played last year, and then spreading them out. I mean, it made sense. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I agree yeah. with you. I'm disappointed too. I own. Yeah, I own. Right. I I just didn't. I guess didn't foresee this lingering injury situation that he got that's been bugging him. I thought that he was gonna have an opportunity. The way that basically most running backs have been recovering from the ACL coming back and just blowing it out the water. I didn't foresee them being on a pitch count, then dealing with other nagging injuries. Um, and you look at that, you know, that rookie running back class, um, you look at, to me, out of that group, of course, um, what's his name, got drafted before Dalvin Cook. But in that class, to me, Leonard and Dalvin Cook were the two best backs that were coming out. And now you look at them in this season, yeah. and both of them hampered by injuries. Um, Leonard is one that's been killing me every single week because that was my first round pick. Yeah, in my I think he's killing all of us. Not to transition off Dalvin. Yeah. Los, you had something to add on for Dalvin? No, um, I, I I didn't have anything to add about Dalvin, but I agreed about Leonard though going forward. Yeah, we could transition into Leonard then. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I think it's just one of those things that I mean you just can't foresee coming into the season, and I think that they did try to rush him back too soon. Uh, once he had dealt with the injury, I think it was like, okay, we'll send him out a week, maybe two weeks, um, and then bring him back. And then you know how a hamstring is. A hamstring yeah. is a lingering injury. And so I think that he needs to honestly sit out as long as possible. You see them making the moves, the trade um, to bring in. Yeah, that, that, as a fantasy owner of Leonard Fournette, that really, really was a red flag to me. Yeah. I mean, you bring in Carlos Hyde, so that means that they are willing to wait as long as they yeah. possibly can on Leonard. And I'm hearing some rumors that Leonard might be out for the year. Yeah. And, I don't know how true that is, but. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked in a sense, or wouldn't be shocked to see him come back super late, as you mentioned, because, I mean, Yeldon was already doing a serviceable job. So mm-hmm. if you already had Yeldon in the backfield filling in in those weeks that spurred, and it wasn't like Yeldon is the only running back that they have, and then you go out and, like you said, make the trade for Carlos Hyde. That kind of showed, okay, you know, Leonard's going to be out for a good week. Yeah. Leonard's not coming yeah. back in a week or two. So um, I actually own Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook in the league. Uh, I'm, I'm four and three right now. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm like fourth in the league right now, but – a league of 12, but, you know, it is a concern for all fantasy owners. And even Yeldon owners are like, man, you bringing Carlos High? What are you doing? You know? So, so I would say this. I would say for those fantasy owners that have Leonard Fournette to not not really panic and not really stress about the Carlos High trade. You know, if you look back at the team, you know, previously they had, um, I believe, Chris Ivory as a backup, and they had Yeldon, and then they had Leonard Fournette. You know, and in the games where Leonard Fournette was healthy, Leonard Fournette still got his touches. He still dominated the touches. And I kind of see Carlos Hyde when they're all healthy and when Leonard Fournette gets better and he comes back, I kind of see Carlos Hyde falling in that Chris Ivory role of last year where, yeah, he's going to come in maybe get five, seven touches, you know, but he's not going to be the man. You know, you don't use that much draft capital on a player like Leonard Fournette as high as he's drafted, you know, to just kind of make him a – a guy and where he's just splitting half and half with Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. So I still think he's going to come in and just simply just doing their their part right now and kind of, you know, they were already banged up because uh, Corey Grant got hurt. You know, you already got Leonard Fournette hurt. You know, they needed a back, you know, and, you know, Jamal Charles, they brought him in for a little bit, but he's washed, you know, right now. And so, you know, they needed a back. And so they, they went and got a guy, you know, that was available who's, who has been pretty decent. You know, he hasn't. Carlos Hyde hasn't been blowing it out of the water, you know, maybe fantasy-wise, but real football-wise, I think he's averaging something like 2.9 yards a carry, something like that, 2-point-something a carry. So he hasn't been really blowing it out of the water. So I don't I don't see him really threatening Leonard Fournette when Leonard Fournette fully gets healthy. I just think this is really just buying Leonard Fournette some time and to where they don't have to rush him back. Like you mentioned before, like you alluded to before, Ramon, um, you know, with them bringing him back two weeks and then he got hurt and then he's out again. So they're just really giving him time to heal. So when he finished like these last maybe eight, uh, sorry, six, seven games of the season, you know, he's fully healthy. So you're saying basically that Leonard is a guy that's going to come up clutch for a lot of people when it comes around playoff time for fantasy. 
Yes, yes, I think so. And I and I'm really the smart, the sharp fantasy owners right now. They're 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 offering somebody. You know, they're offering offering some people because right now Leonard Fournette is sitting in either in an IR spot or a, or a bench spot on somebody's team. They're offering somebody decent, somebody that's not really a game changer, but somebody that's do, doing solid right now for Fournette. You know, saying so they're planning for the long haul. Maybe you're a six and one team. Maybe you're a five and two team right now where you can kind of take the risk. You know, right now and and send a trade offer for Leonard Fournette and kind of stash him. You know, stash him right now and then you know when he gets back healthy. You know. Plug him in, you know what I'm saying? Then you got a team that can make a playoff run for the fantasy owners out there. I would heavily consider it right now, heavily, because, again, we, we, we always have recency bias. You know, we always about the now, but the smart fantasy owners think about that, that future. They think about that playoff run. They think about having that advantage of two dominant running backs, you know, against a team, you know. And so I would suggest send a trade offer right now while people are low on them. Okay. Okay. And speaking of low players, Jordan Howard continues to stink up the play. I mean, I traded for him in the league. I thought he was going to shake out of it. It's been three weeks, and, I mean, I'm benching him now, man. <laughs> like, it's bad, bro. Like, I don't know what happened to him, man. Like, And I watched a couple Bears games, and he's still explosive. It's just that they, they, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I actually picked him up on. Off waivers and in the league. Wow. The reason, yeah. So yeah, he was on waivers. I picked him up just because. Hey, Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan there. Howard. Let me pick yeah. him up and stash him and then see if he turns into something. So I'm kind of on the, the wait and see approach with him right now. And it, and it's not like he put up bad numbers. He had sixty yards, sixty nine yards rushing last week. But I mean, I need him to get some catches. I need him to get some touchdowns. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. You talking about Tariq Cohen? Who? You talking about Cohen? Yes, Tariq Cohen, man. He is tearing it up. And I dropped him. He is special. I dropped Tariq Cohen, bro. They're setting him up to put him in space right now. You know, they're they're setting him on, you know, little screen plays. You know, he kind of touched down for a screen play. He is just, he's an automatic flex play now, you know, going for it. And it's just, he's fun to watch, man. He's electric. Yeah, no, he definitely is. And the thing about it, too, he's helping out Mitchell Trubisky. He's giving him a basically an easy weapon, a quick little weapon to get the ball to, and he's making plays with the ball in his hand. So, um, yeah, he, he definitely been putting in work. I'm looking at his Money numbers. Mitch. Yeah, I'm looking at his last three games that he's played, and you're looking at basically 31 points, 23 points, 23 points. So... Yeah, he, he and I him. dropped Tyreek because he was trash in the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I dropped him, but I guess because Jordan's stinking up so bad that he's opened up an opportunity for Tyreek. And um, I mean, so so one one note on that, you know, and I'm glad you said that, Rob. Um, and I told myself going into this year, because I've done that in previous years, and it hurts, man. It, I still, it's not no worse feeling than drafting the player or having a scooping the player up early, you know, before he has the hype. He doesn't pan out the first two or three weeks and then be like, alright, well, I guess that wasn't good and drop him and then somebody else just magically scoop him up and then he goes off for the rest of the year. I've done that previous years and so I went going into this year, I told myself say, hey, give my players two or three weeks, you know, maybe four or five weeks, you know, this year and just, just let them sit on my bench if they're not doing well. I kind of did that with Derrick Henry. I was like, alright, you know, he's one of those like Dark throws, you know, we all think he's just gonna do well. I gave him his weeks, I gave him like five, six weeks, and I'm like, okay, you know, this guy's not paying out. So I finally dropped Derrick Henry, you know, and you know, he, he's gonna have his weeks where he's gonna have a touchdown or two, but I consistently I can't put him in my starting line. Another guy I want to mention to you and I kind of talked to you about was with um, Najoku, you know, Najoku. That's hey, another one I dropped. Yeah, ba- that's Baker' favorite target. Yeah. Yes, and he's he's been killing it. So you know he had a touchdown of the last two weeks. You know, so that's another guy that's a solid fantasy option. That you know that you know if you're starting off the first three seasons where I mean the first three weeks where he had four points, four fantasy points, six fantasy points, five fantasy points. You know, 
where we had only a total of seven catches in those three games, you're like, all right, you know, this guy ain't doing nothing. Let me drop him. So that's kind of like you got to have that long mindset with a lot of these players because a lot of times teams have overload of players and too much talent and everything kind of shake up, shake out, kind of like the, the same situation last year where they had Peterson, Mark Ingram, and Kamara. And the situation sh- it shakes itself out where you're going to end up eventually playing your talent, you know, and that's why you see Kamara come on the scene later on the season because uh, Adrian Peterson wasn't sucking up those carries. Yeah. So just carrying out that trend, too, of injuries, big-time injuries, is uh, Bilal Powell. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. The report came out today that he may have to have career-ending surgery. And uh, if you've been playing fantasy football, just been following him, or if you're a Jets fan out there that's listening to us, shout-out to the new listeners as well. If you're, if it's your first time listening to us, shout-out to you. I know. But let me get back on topic. But, like, you know, blood power is a very integral part of the Jets' offense, especially in the passing game and on passing downs as a running back. Uh, he was basically a pass-catching running back. Very, very good running back. Like a theoretic kind of like. Uh, but, you know, you know, but, you know, he they're saying that he might have to have career-ending neck, uh, career neck surgery. Uh, and I hope that's not the case. Yeah, you know, he's a 29-year-old running back. He has, you know, a couple more years left in his career on average. But... Um, this does open up an opportunity for these fantasy players that's out here. And I'm pretty sure that what I'm about to say is probably not common knowledge. But uh, if you were able to pick up uh, McGuire, Elijah McGuire from the Jets, he's expected to, his role is expected to increase, especially with Bilal Powell out of the picture. So if he's out there on waivers, which I'm pretty sure that he's probably, if I was to guess the percentage, he's probably like, 80% 80% unowned in oh, fantasy yeah. league. So, uh, you, by the time you hear this, you probably it probably will be past your waiver date. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he's still out there. It, it costs you nothing to you know invest a couple shares in uh, in uh, Elijah, you know Elijah McGuire, and uh, I'm pretty sure that you will be satisfied with that. Especially if you own um, if you own Leonard Fournette or Dalvin Cook, you are desperate for a running back. I don't know how you draft because me. I own both of them, and my, my team is 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 it, it got so much depth. Like I don't like I'm not I'm still winning games. You know what I'm saying? I still got Lamar Miller. I still got you know I still got Marlon Mack. You know what I'm saying? So I have reinforcements there. But you know if you if you're scrambling and desperate for a running back, go ahead and pick up Elijah McGuire. I'm pretty sure by the time you hit this, he'll still be out on waivers. As y'all go pick up Elijah McGuire and I leave. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. with him going to the Dallas Cowboys, you have, um, you know, uh, targets now opening up for the Raiders. You know, and I tweeted out where you can follow me at on Twitter at Mr. Carlos Burrell. No one cares. Um, <laughs> so you can follow me there. And so, you know, one guy to pick up is Martavius Bryant, you know, or you can look at Jordy Nelson. Those are two guys, you know, that I mentioned on my Twitter that, you know, will now be featured in their offense with Amari Cooper now with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, another guy, you know, if you're really in a pinch, too, is Danny Amendola. You know, you look at the Dolphins receivers right now, they're hurt. They're hurting. You know, they, Kenny Stills is down. You know, nobody knows what's going on with Devontae Parker. You know, and Albert Wilson, he's having hip issues. So, really, their number one target right now is Danny Amendola, and he's put up solid numbers the last two weeks. So, he's shown that he can be a PPR machine. So, that's another guy, you know, he's floating out there. You know, on the waiver wire, you need, you know, they're playing Thursday night this week. You need a quick plug-in flex play. Um, I think he can get you, you know, five, six catches, you know, for maybe 50, 60 yards, maybe 12 points, you know, going forward if you need, if you're in a pinch for a flex play. You know, so there's a lot of good names out there right now, one being Traycon um, Smith with New Orleans. I like him a lot. You know, he, he's a solid ad, you know, as a deep threat. Any receivers, any number two option, you know, we thought it was kind of Cameron Meredith, but right now, you know, last week, Traquan Smith ran the second most routes on that team behind, um, behind, um, drawing a blank, um, the number <laughs> It's that old age, man. Michael Thomas? It's behind, uh, what's the number one receiver? 
Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. <laughs> Michael Thomas. <laughs> 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 yeah, Michael Thomas. So he's the number one. I mean, he's the number two option behind Michael Thomas. So I mean, those are a couple of names that's floating out there. That's, they're still out there to snag them, man. Because again, they can turn out to be big time going forward. So uh, you mentioned about uh, Amari Cooper going to the Cowboys was traded to the Cowboys from the Raiders. Upgrade from Des Bryant or, or absolutely degrade from upgrade Des. Absolutely, it's an easy upgrade because again, Des Bryant didn't have the speed really. You know, he wasn't a deep threat. He was more of a touchdown. You know, yeah, he's more of a touchdown red zone target. But now, Mark Cooper, you know, he has the he ran a four four two coming out of Alabama. You know, he has the speed to kind of open up things going forward uh, for the team. And so I like him, and you know I think the biggest thing is to de- develop some chemistry with Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott he's really he hasn't he doesn't really lock in on the player you know and you've mm-hmm. kind of seen that in his career where he doesn't he kind of spreads the ball out you know they don't really like kind of you know target when he had Dez last year he didn't really target him I don't know if that's because Dez wasn't getting open but I'm interested to see how that chemistry worked with him and Amari Cooper because you know Dak has no excuse now you have a weapon now they went out and spent a first round pick on. On Amari Cooper, now you got no excuse. You have to show up now. Yeah, definitely um, an upgrade from recent days. Now, we were talking about prime days. Nah, but definitely upgrade from recent days. But I just want Cowboys fans to kind of slow down a little bit. I saw something on Twitter that I was like, y'all just need to chill a little yeah. bit. That I don't um, like Cowboys. Shout, <laughs> shout out to my friend, brother DJ, man. He's an avid Cowboys fan. But I, I talked yeah. with him, and he, he don't like the trade. Yeah, so well, like well, this is first of all, this is the one thing I gotta get to. I saw on Twitter that they said they have a top five player at quarterback, receiver, nah, and running back. Nah, y'all got a top five running, running back. back. Y'all yeah. don't have a top five. No, receiver y'all got a top twenty quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and maybe a top twenty receiver as well. Because Amari Cooper is just super inconsistent for me. I like I like Amari. I think uh, again, like I say with Eli Apple, I think a change of scenery. I think a change of scenery will help him. I think that a change of system will help him. And plus, he didn't have a running back in Zeke Elliott like he has. Like, like, like corners not going to be able to cheat up to, you know what I'm saying, to stop Zeke no more. They got to worry about Amore, man. And we got to, you got to think about Amore and who he was his rookie year, man. He wasn't bad. Yeah, I know, but if we just, I mean, there's been several players across league history that have had breakout rookie seasons and haven't been (laughs) the same since then. Um, so I, I'm just not a guy that has as much stock in Amari Cooper. I think that he's a, a pretty inconsistent guy. He's going to come out probably, you know, a week or two and look like, man, a world beater. Like, man, the Dallas, they really made a good trade. And then you're going to find that when it comes down the line, Dallas fans are going to kind of be wondering, okay, we really gave up a first-round pick for this guy. Um, so I really think, even though it's, it's crazy for some to think, I really think that Dallas lost the trade. Um, and the reason why I say they lost the trade, I mean, I, I don't think Amari Cooper is worthy of a first-round pick at this point. And that's just how I feel about it. Some people may feel differently, may feel that he was drafted up that high, but I don't think he's worthy of a first-round pick. And I think that, you know, John Gruden signed that, what, 10-year deal, so pretty much he got forever to do what he wanted to do with that team, and it seems like he just completely restructuring the team. Um, has basically looked at his team and said, who are the most talented players we have? I'm going to make sure that I ship them out of there. Um, <laughs> yeah, what is, what is, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about it, man. What, what's up with John Gruden, man? What, what's, his, what's his dude problem, bro? Like, like listening to him on Monday Night Football, I was like, okay, I, I think that he really could coach. I think that he hit the Raiders are one in, what they're one in five now. Yeah, so, like, you know, like, what's up? Like, I don't know, like John Gruden on Monday Night Football, like you would think he's like a football genius, which he is. I, I enjoyed his commentary, but it's not translating to the to on the field, bro. No, it, it's definitely not. Tra- no, it definitely hasn't been translating at all, bro. It's definitely. Uh, I I thought that the Raiders, in my opinion, I thought that they had the talent to be a mid tier type team, and when I say mid tier. I'm not. I'm talking about your team that's between the seven and nine, eight and eight 
that type I, of. I see, I see with the with the typical Ramon <laughs> term, <laughs> making up your own <laughs> terms. No, but I thought that they would be that that type of team. I didn't think that they would be towards the bottom of the league, and I certainly didn't think that he would trade away. Probably coming into this year, you would say that that Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper would probably be their two most talented players, right? Yeah. Like yeah. and so you look at coming into this year, you I wouldn't have thought that he would have traded away those top two guys. Now you know the way that they're looking at it within these next two years, they have five first round picks. So you got a guy that signed a ten year deal. That means that he has a ton of time left on the clock. So in these next two years, hopefully they get those five first round picks right. Um, but it's yeah. definitely been a disappointment. Like I didn't expect them to be this bad. Hey, we need to hit up the five dollar game day menu at Buffalo Wild Wings one day, bro. Just a random note. You just see, <laughs> yeah, you see a commercial. It looked good, man. Like this commercial. I'm sold. I'm one of those people that, that sit at home watching. Don't commercial. plug them. They ain't sponsoring us right now. I didn't say who it was. What was that? But anyway, like I'm the type. I'm the type that's like when I see commercials. Like I, I like. I'm like a sucker for commercials. Like if it look good on that, and I, I, I'm sold. Like I want to go get it. Y'all not like that? No? Okay. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that the Raiders are um yeah, I think that they, they're trash, so they're they gonna have to they gonna have to figure it out. Then they only way to Las Vegas, like like it's I don't know, man. They that that was disappointing. And they they trying to like Derek Carr, like they say he crying or, or whatever. Did you see that? <laughs> he did look like he was No, he was crying, he man. Like he, he was crying. crying. <laughs> Bruh, it, if you remember, like last year, prior to him getting hurt, their their cause supposed to be the next Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees. He signed a ridiculous deal at the time. It was like he got paid. Man, Derek Carr is playing like his brother. Who is his brother name? David. David Carr. He yeah. went like number one pick from Fresno State, right? He was he was up there. He played for Houston all them years. Yeah, it was trash. Yeah, he playing like his brother right now. <laughs> But yeah, it, you know, I don't know. I don't care about the Raiders. I, I'm one of those people that didn't, never liked the Raiders. So yeah, I, I just don't really even care to be honest. Yeah, I don't either. Let's move on. So NBA, let's get to <laughs> it, man. We 41 minutes in, we we neglected the NBA, bro. How great is this season so far? First of all, how great is trash. it already? You think it's trash? Trash. No. <laughs> I mean, we are. We're trash right now. Yes, the Lakers are. But, like, just the scope of the league. Like, we had our first NBA fight of the year. Like, the Friday third night. game of the year. Like, we got to lead off our NBA discussion with that, bro. Like, Lowe's called it the spit gate. The spit gate. <laughs> <laughs> bro, like, first of all, I didn't know Chris Paul could fight. I was impressed. No, nah, I mean when somebody gets the first lick on you, like you gone, you know he he ate that. Yeah, he ate that. You know but what I'm saying? But then too, what you gotta look at too was when he got his in. I ain't gonna say it was all that, but the ref was kind of holding Rondo. Rondo yeah, trying to loose. but the thing that was impressive <laughs> to me is that Chris Paul was able to get like two solid licks in. And he was the second one hit when everybody bro, started holding him back. No, man. Look, man. Look, bro. I watched the video about 100 times because I'm ignorant. I like stuff like <laughs> this. But, like, you saw that that, that uppercut Chris no, Paul That was, was nice. nice. That was nice. And then he just came back with the right, like, you know what I'm saying? But then when you think about it, like, if a man spit in your face, and all, all Chris Paul did was mush that man. He handled it pretty well. You got to give him his props for that, Rondo too. said he ain't spit, though. Man, you can see on camera that, this, that, that he spit. You can see on camera that he spit. No, I'll say this. I'll say this. Rondo came out and said, you know, he didn't purposely spit. He didn't mean he to said, spit. He said he, you know, he was, you know, and that the media is twisting it to where he just looked like the bad guy. He's making it seem. He said he was breathing. He was. He has a mouth. Mouthy. He said. Some did come out of his mouth, and you know, I've been there. I played, you know, Rob, you played, you know, and we've 
ball play some type of sport even if it's pickup whatever you know what i'm saying to where if you're sweating you know stuff is going on you're breathing hard you know and sometimes stuff just comes out you know what i'm saying you know and i don't know if he did it on purpose you know that's between him and the lord you know but I <laughs> get religious on us i love it yeah. i mean <laughs> Yeah, bad and teammate. We go, we go, we gonna talk about that. Hold on, let's let let's. Let, I want to have fun for a second. Like, <laughs> I want to talk about this fight right quick. We gonna get into it whether he's. Yeah, like, but I want to have fun. I want to have fun. I, who you think won the fight? Uh, for me, I I think Rondo won it. You think Rondo? Not nah, Chris yeah. Paul. Alright, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not gonna be biased. Hear me, uh, all right, hear me out. All right, I, I can feel you on Chris Paul kind of being shocked because Rondo got that first lick. But Rondo got that nice little left jab, and then he came back and caught him again. And then Chris Paul had the chance, and you see Rondo kind of getting grabbed by the ref and kind of getting pulled, so he couldn't really hit at the time. And Chris Paul, the uppercut was nice. That was a nice. That was yeah, nice. Uppercut. I ain't gonna say anybody. It ain't like somebody just got yeah, destroyed. Yeah, like, like, like yeah. But I, I give it to. Rondo I think it's nice to see like, though in the NBA, man. Like oh. I, I think the NBA has gotten so soft, and I love how Adam Silver didn't overreact yeah, right. to this. Give, give yes. him three games. Give, give Chris Paul two games. Give Bi four games. Yeah, some people were talking fifteen and twenty games. Yeah. I'm like, if oh, it was David Stern, it would have been fifteen. Yeah, and 20. right. But you know, and then we didn't even discuss about Bi jumping in there. Okay. I love it. I love <laughs> right. it because I mean, I think that you know, if your teammate is in a fight, I don't care. Like if I was riding with y'all, if y'all y'all my brothers, if I was riding with y'all, we go somewhere and a fight happens, so happen, which you never would probably because we just like we don't really do that, but because we chill. But if we did, and you was blatantly wrong, Carlos. I don't care. I'm riding for you. <laughs> and then when we get in the car, I'm like, hey, bro, you was tripping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't have handled it that way. But in the moment, I don't care if you're wrong or not. I'm riding for yeah. you. You know? And I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, you know, vice versa. That's just, that's just a mentality. You know, you have your brother's back. And that's what Bernard Eagle said. He said he was at half court. He looked and he saw, like, five Rockets jersey. And he didn't care at that point. You know, and they said it was kind of surprising coming from Brandon Ingram being that they're both from the same city. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they're from the same place, and they've actually trained together, him and Chris Paul. Yeah. So, but that shows you right yeah. there that he don't care about all that. You, you're not my teammate. We're yeah. between the lines right now. We competing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't care about, you know, how much we got in the offseason. You fight my, my teammate right now. I'm going to war right now, so I don't care about the history. So, I kind of like that about B.I., you know, and I respect B.I. for that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think really, he had a lot of respect. He had really connected. It was. Oh, yeah. He, was coming he, he might have he, knocked Chris Paul <laughs> out, bro. They said B.I. Threw, threw a punch from the three-point line. <laughs> I wouldn't want to fight B.I., bro. That's he long. Ring that, that long reach, bro. Yeah. And, you know... You know another aspect of it, which I look, I maybe I'm, I'm like I, I, I like to overthink things sometimes, so I overevaluate this five second clip. But I kind of was disappointed how LeBron handled the situation, oh, but I, I understood it. I understood yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's I a weird kind of disappointment. It's so we talked about how Bi, you know, more between the lines, you know, forget about the outside stuff. LeBron took the other approach. You know, he took the more. All right, me and Chris Paul, we're buddies. You know, outside yeah. this. Let me yeah. force that. I, I guess if yeah. I seen if my team was fighting Ramon, yeah. I don't. That's I wouldn't it. fight Ramon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to fight Ramon, but you can still feel. I feel like he put his arm around Chris Paul. You know, it's like damn, you you playing for the Rockets or you playing for you know what I'm saying? Or you playing for the the Lakers? You know, yeah. I feel like he didn't really you know restrain you know Ronjo talk to Ronjo. You know, uh, Ron, Ron Joe. Oh, that's pretty dope, anyway, bro. <laughs> he, didn't really talk, he didn't really talk to Rondo at all. You know, it was kind of like he just grabbed Chris Paul, was, you know, talking to him. Like, I understand y'all buddies, but you got a teammate. This person is who you're going to play with, be on the plane with, and see all year long. You know what I'm saying? You got to be strategic with that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like anything, anything LeBron does though is being, you know, this other side of it is going to be, you know, scrutinized. And so he, he can't win. He's in a lose lose situation. That's just with everything though, and that's just how I go though. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and then another person that I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to last year. Uh, with Lonzo, oh, I was gonna bring it. You in. know, like I was disappointed with how he handled it, but I didn't expect any different because, because. <laughs> but the thing is, you can always find hypocritical statements by players, rappers, or anybody. Because last year he said, you know, you know, he was in a video and and his team got in a scuffle and he was seen walking straight past it, yeah. going to to the bench to the timeout. And not getting involved was when he was asked about. It, he was like, "Well, nobody really, everybody saw nobody really fighting these days. They just barking." In this situation, this was a real situation with two dudes who from the, Chris Paul is reportedly from the hood, and Rajon Rondo apparently is crazy. And you know, they was going and they was fighting. Bi from the hood, they was really going at it, and you know, Lonzo was in no rush to get to that. Lonzo was in no rush. Like he skipped, he skipped. There reluctantly, but B.I. had a longer start to the fight than he had. Like, like Lonzo was close to the action in B.I. B.I. made it there, not only made it there, but made contact in some type of way. So, I, I mean, I like Lonzo a lot, but bro, he gotta, man, he gotta, you know, if he gonna be the point goal, he gotta be the leader, bro. He should have been in the thick of things, man. Lonzo say he, he ain't about it at all. Like, I was gonna bring up the same thing, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's true though, man. He, I don't know what it is, but I mean, it, you know, it's just you know that situation, bro. But I, I love to see it, and I think that's why I'm loving the NBA season because it's like you know after all these years of, I mean, these last few years, the new trend is everybody's friends, everybody hanging out, everybody working out in the off season. But it's just nice to see like a robbery, compete, man. Yeah, competitiveness. Like I like to see Bi push. Uh, James Harden, even though it's for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah but I think that all that just builds up over the course of a game, bro. You know the way James Harden plays. James Harden travels the- every other play. Yeah, and then and he, he initiates, and yeah. he initiates the contact, but then moves and flops and make it seem like you the one following him. And then he get the call. And B.I. at that point was just sick of it, bro. He, yeah, he was sick of it. He didn't want to deal with that no more. And so he was just trying to send a message, I think, in that yeah. point. And um, and we still come back to San Antonio and you know only lose like you know oh, by a game winning shot. I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Let's nah, move on. Yeah. But I mean, Lakers all in three. Kobe said he'll be back if we only five. So I kind of want us to lose the next two games if Kobe <laughs> come back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know on that scope scope of the NBA, uh, who y'all like? You know, after four games, I know it's super early, but let's just be you know kind of you know. Fun and, and say who who you like in the East right now? I, I think for me in the East, man, I like Toronto. Uh, yeah, they looking them, really good. They looking really good. Really good. Uh, four and zero. Yeah, four and zero right now. About to be five and zero. The thing about it, the way you look at it, yeah, like you said, about to be five and zero. And the thing about it, they were they upgraded from Demar Derozan. We know that Kawhi yeah, that that is definitely yeah. better than Demar Derozan. But then you brought over Danny Green in the process, oh who was a God. solid yeah. two guard, or you put him at the three, wherever you really want to put him. Solid defensive player. You saw the play where uh, two of them was it Tatum going for the layup, and Danny Green and Kawhi blocked it yeah. um, when they were playing, and they just look, they just look good to be honest. Yeah. Everything was like it's flowing well. They're gonna be a, to me a better defensive team this year than they were last year. They young guys are growing up even more in Bland V Fleet and your boy, and then. Uh, OG and Ananobi and all them boys and so yeah. you look at that that youth that talent is getting more and they got Serge Ibaka man. Serge Ibaka um, and so they look tough they look really tough and so you looking at the East I like Toronto over there right now I like Boston and I wrote a whole article about them last year uh, you know how I feel about Boston I feel like they're a really deep team I think at the end of the day you might be looking at uh, Philly Boston and Toronto, you know, competing for, you know, their top three spot in the playoffs. But, you know, I like Boston because of their depth, and I think that they're a good team. And, I mean, Jason Tatum, man, he just continues to get better every game, bro. It's it's almost scary how his advancement, you know, has been. And, you know, along with Jalen Brown, along with Marcus Smart, they're, they're a deep team, like you mentioned last week, uh, Ramon. So, I like Boston, you know, in the East so far. 
I had to go with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, wow, that's that an interesting game. Again, they're uh, flying on the radar, but, you know, they have yet to lose, you know, this year. And an underrated pickup for them was Brooke Lopez, you know, coming from the Lakers this year. And he meshes exactly what that team needs. You know, you got a player like Reed Freak, you know, who, you know, most of his shots come inside. You know, you don't want your center to be clogging up the inside, too. Brooke Lopez, which he's shown over the last few years that, he, you know, most of his game now has come from the outside. You know, that's part of our frustration frustration with him with the Lakers was, you know, he wasn't getting that rebound enough. He was shooting, you know, threes like your guard, you know. But with the Marky Bucks, you know, that fits perfectly with them when you got a 6'11 player like Greek Freak who, you know, I think made it win the MVP this year, you know. And so I think, you know, with him, you know, they're a gritty team. You know, they have players like Eric Bledsoe, you know, and um, – Delvadoa, you know, he's already shown, you know, those great players, you know, and you got, you know, players that can ball, you know, and that can rough it up, you know, and, and lock up on defense, you know. So I like them to, you know, maybe not beat Toronto, but like as a, a number two, surprise number two seed in the East. Um, so West Western Conference, who want, who want to take that? Yeah, I mean, Western Conference, you know, I'm going to get away from the the usual pick. I mean, we all know the Warriors are great. Warriors we all know the Warriors are going to win the finals. Yeah, so I mean, we don't even need to talk about them. But out there, I'm going to just follow up with my Coach of the Year pick uh, with the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Uh, you look at them over there, they have yet to lose. How about Nokopis in the yeah. season he's oh, put together yeah, so far? Yeah, and the thing about it, they another team that really – has solid depth over there too. You look at the the way that Jokic is playing, but then you got Millsap that's balling over there right now. Although he's kind of dealing with a little bit of an injury, but Jamal Murray has been playing pretty well. You look at Gary Harris um, that's been playing excellent to start off the season, and so you looking at a team, and then you go off the bench, you bring in Plumley off the bench, you bringing in um, gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the guy that was killing us in the preseason. Um, but I mean, they they started off on a roll. Um, you know, do I think that, of course, they're going to win the West? No. Like we said, the Warriors, they're going to win the West. But um, it's it's already showing that the Denver Nuggets are legit. They are for real. And they're going to be around in some um, a team that has to be answered for when it even comes to playoff basketball. Okay. Okay. So, I, I you know, I like actually a team right now that's playing well. Surprisingly, it's the Pelicans. You know, the Pelicans is playing real well. And, you know, that boy Julius Randle, man, he has been a good punch for them, you know, um, mixing in with Miritic, you know, and AD, you know, and Drew Holiday. So they got talent, you know, and they, they're another team that they beat the Rockets this year, you know. And a lot of people are talking about, oh, maybe the Rockets aren't serious when they lost that game to the Pelicans. And then now the Pelicans have ran off their last two games. They're now 3-0. and And so that shows you right there that, hey, maybe the Pelicans are serious, you know, and they – they're showing it, you know, and they're showing energy, and they're putting teams away at the end. You know, I was watching a little bit of that game, and, you know, their coach is doing a good job, man. He's doing a good job mixing in Randall, taking him out, bringing in shooting, bringing in, you know, AD. You know, he's, he's doing a good job kind of getting their minutes right and playing his talent, and that's kind of like my frustration with Luke right now. It's like he's trying to cater to certain veterans, you know, KCP, you know, and not play his talent, Josh Hart. You know, and it's pissing me off. You know, it's like, it, it. You know, it's like, come on, man. You know, you got, you play your talent. You know, play your talent, and you know, Pelicans or head coach, he, he's doing that. He's playing their talent, and you, and it's showing. It, it's the fruits of the labor is showing. How about the the hometown? Well, maybe not hometown, but home state kid too, with Alfred Payton showing out, man. Yeah, Payton been playing good. Yeah, basketball. he's been playing good. He's been playing good ball. Yeah, he's been playing yeah, good ball. He's really been playing at the level that Rondo was giving him last year. Like, he can fit right into that role. It's very early in the season, but he didn't fit right into that role. My thing is, uh, my Western Conference pick probably would would, uh, would be uh, along the terms of what Los is saying. We got a New Orleans Pelicans team who have yet to be defeated. But not only that, it's just the way they're winning. Um, you know, they had a game against uh, I, I forgot who who was against what who was against uh, one, where they put up one one hundred forty nine points. Oh, that was the same game. The, was that the Jazz? Uh, nah, it was the Kings. Kings. Okay, I mean, okay, they, it was against the Kings. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean that takes a little, but that's still impressive to put up one forty nine. 
AD is playing very angry and motivated. He said it best in the league. So, I mean, when you got him, which I feel like he is the most talented in the league, and I think that, uh, you know, how people has put the Greek freak in front of him, and he's been waiting. He's been waiting to take over for LeBron a bit as being the best player in the league and, you know, for people to get excited and put the Greek freak in front of him, which I feel like is blasphemous. Shout out to Stephen A. But, you know what I'm saying? AD is very talented, bro. Like, he's very, very good. And I think that, you know, he's going to really, you know, out to, to bust some heads this year. And I think that, you know, Boogie leaving probably motivated him too. You know, he's like, well, this is my team. I don't need no Boogie. Like, all you need is me. You know what I'm saying? And AD, you know, you know, we got that Laker uniform waiting on him. Whenever he's ready. Yeah, well, we need him to start losing. <laughs> we need him to start losing in New Orleans if that's going to be the case. Yeah, so those are my picks, right? That's, those are my picks so far. Uh, I mean. Right, who's been the most disappointing to y'all? I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. I, okay. You know, I don't want to do this. Like, it's only been three or four games. So, you know, it's kind of, you know. I mean, y'all can. Yeah. Who do you think? Was as far as disappointment, then I'm gonna just throw this little slight little nugget in there too. Uh, shout out to nugget. the East still running through the Cavs. You been seeing the Cavs? Oh yeah, they've been <laughs> trash. They have been I see the East again. still running through them, right? But I mean, I mean, I guess when you look at disappointments, I'm not gonna take the route and choose my Lakers. I'm gonna look at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and I'm looking at them sitting there at zero and three. I actually kind of like to see them sitting at zero and three, but the fact that to me that they haven't been too competitive really, even in the games that they played, their most competitive game was when the Warriors took them lightly and didn't really think that you know didn't think anything of it because Russ wasn't playing. But you go and you lose by double figures, actually sixteen to the Clippers, and then you follow that up and lose by double digits to the you know Sacramento Kings. So I think that they've been disappointing. And I think that uh, Paul George needs to stop talking about the Lakers because we don't care about him over in L.A. right now anymore. So just, like, shut <laughs> right, up about all right. that. It's like he's, like, denied us and, like, bragging on it. Like, bro, yeah. like, we not we got LeBron yeah. James. Like, we not worried about no Paul George. We got LeBron James. Yeah, he's going to say something like, you know, I can see pretty much basically after this OKC contract, like, he can see himself coming to the Lakers. We he washed. You. Yeah, he going to be washed then. <laughs> we ain't going to want you, but... I would say that would be my disappointment. Okay, that was pretty. That was pretty, pretty solid. What about what about uh, what about the Wolves? Uh, they they just typical team turmoil. Uh, <laughs> they they up and down. The crazy thing was first game of the season, Jimmy Butler comes out and the fans boo him, and then by the time the second quarter. I think it was the second or third quarter. He's shooting free throws, and they yell at MVP. Yeah. So the fans even confused. Like, that team is just all over the place right now. Cole Anthony Towns started off terrible. Seemed like he might be rebounding at this point. Um, but, yeah, they just team turmoil. They going to be up and down. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about with the NBA? I think that that pretty much yeah, it's early. Yeah, it's so early. Four games like, yeah, you 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 can't really say too much right now. That's that's pretty much kind of the landscape of what's happening. Yeah, shout out to LSU in that top four. Yeah, top four, man. Top Russ four. Rest over with though. I had not yeah, heard. I mean that's a terrible call. I mean, I I'm always opposed. I mean, I was telling someone the other day. I, I mean, I just can't. I don't understand. We, I mean, we're watching a very, very violent sport. It's no way to make that safe. No. And I think that when you try to make a, a tough sport that's built to be tough, and it's, 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 it's a violent sport. And when you uh, tinker with the rules and, you know, overcompensate, you start you start relinquishing the integrity of the game. You know, when I watched that Devin White play, you know, and I was gracious enough to be in the stadium to see the play because I was at the game. I just saw a guy making a hustle play and following through like he's taught to do, you know. And you know, I mean, I know the rule. The rule specifies that if you leave with the crown of your head or if you leave with your arms or elbow, then that is considered targeting. But I mean, what you gonna leave with? 
I mean, which, yeah, I mean, these defenders are, you know, if they thinking too much, they're going to end up hurting themselves. I mean, I didn't, I mean, when I watched the play, I mean, LSU bias aside, I didn't see much there. No, it definitely wasn't much there. And, and people pretty much across the nation are basically feeling the same way. You know, they, I've been seeing all the shows, Kirk Herbstreit spoke up about it, uh, David Pollack spoke up about it, you know, all these several, these media outlets. See, the call was ridiculous. And the thing about it, they need to have some type of room in there where either you can appeal a call or whether it this can be treated almost like how they have the flagrant one, flagrant two situation. Yeah. Where like, okay, maybe you do call it a targeting, but maybe there's a targeting that's just the penalty in itself, just the 15 yards, and maybe there's one that does merit an ejection, and then if it's the second half, the suspension the next game. But that one was definitely not a malicious hit. If Devin White really wanted to destroy Nick Fitzgerald on that play, he really could have lit him up and destroyed him. And you look at now, probably the biggest game of the college season. I mean, I can't think of a game that's going to be bigger before you get to, you know, championships weekend as far as conference championships and also when you get to the playoff. Like, regular season-wise, this LSU-Bama game is probably going to be the biggest game of the regular season, and you got arguably LSU's best defensive player, you know, with Delpit in the equation and also Greedy Williams, but yeah. arguably their best defensive player, the quarterback of that defense, has to sit out the first half of that game. Come yeah. on, man. It's ridiculous, man. And, I, I mean, when you when you look at it, you know, it just it just kind of puts LSU at a, at a disadvantage. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. You know, I... They are appealing it, but I don't see anything coming of it. Well, the thing about it, there's really, you can't technically appeal. Like, they tried to come to the SEC, but there's no appeal process for that. So, it's really a waste of time. Yeah. You can't appeal it or get it overturned. There's one minor technicality there, but it's not It's not going to happen. That's it. He's going to be out for the first half. That's that's just insane, man. That's that's insane. It's ridiculous. Against that explosive Bama offense that puts up the majority of their points in the first half. <laughs> yeah, bro. It, it makes you think to save and pay the rest off. I'm, I'm joking. I mean, when you look at the week before when they actually have a player that's literally punching another player three times where the ref can see and nothing gets called. The only thing that happened was Saban decided to discipline his own player, but nothing gets called when you literally punching a guy three times with like haymakers, not just like I'm kind of hitting you. No, I'm coming full force to punch you. Nothing's called, and then you have a similar hit this week to what happened with Devin White, and nothing's called. Come on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So It's ridiculous. But, you know, college playoffs, we – LSU's in there, so we'll see. That's a huge game, huge game. We yeah. got the Knicks. Uh, I'll definitely be on campus. I don't know if I'm going to the game. Tickets are really high. Yeah, yes, indeed. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we did it again, guys. Another episode down, man. We almost to episode 20. That's crazy. Yeah. Time flies. Shout out to the new listeners out there. If this is your first time listening to us, we appreciate it. Make sure that you share it. Make sure that you subscribe and leave a review. Um, we're on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And make sure you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers. And, you know, that's it. That's another wrap. That's a wrap on it, man. I don't have anything else to say. We'll, we'll see you the next time. That's it. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Oh, you'll hear us the next time. <laughs> <laughs>